There we go. <coughs> Drink a Goya? The mango, too. That's a good one. I drink coconut water sometimes when I'm sick. Yeah. You. You, you. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Got cold as hell, man. I need a jacket. <clears throat> Hello, good people. My name is 4KJ. This is the For the Stress Podcast. How are you good folks doing? I am joined always by the good brother Frankie Metals, aka L Capitan, aka L Cap, aka Caps Lock, aka the Backwood Ninja, aka the Left, aka the Savior, aka Texas Frankie, aka the Savior, aka the Getaway Driver, aka Goya Mango. <laughs> Another one. <laughs> How are you, beloved? Excelente. Excelente. I'm glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. I have a very special guest in the building. Got the good brother. Organizer, activist, former, uh, was it mayor? Uh, I've ran a few times, man. Uh, county commissioner uh, candidate. Okay, county commissioner candidate. You got to yeah. listen, man. We have a professional in a building with us tonight. Mr. Ron Batista has joined us this evening. How are you, man? Thank you, man. I'm doing well. I'm uh, excited to be here, you know, chatting with you, you know, good people. Uh, big fan of your show. I've always said it. I'm uh, really, really happy to be able to do a, a cool recap of what has been the past election and just, you know, have a good time. I got a question. How did you come across the show? Uh, before we do that, church announcements. Follow the show on everything. Instagram for the stress underscore podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash 4KJ. You can follow Frankie on IG at Frankie Mills. You can follow a celestial goddess on IG for your holistic healing. You can follow at Tico on IG for your urban needs. You can follow at Embrace Naturally on IG for your hair care needs. You can follow the dojo on IG at the dojo JC for your recording needs. Make sure y'all like, rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend to tell a motherfucking friend and all that good shit like that there. Now. The good brother Frankie Metal asks how me and Ron met. Um, funny story. So. But did he listen to the show before he met you, or he met you? Nah, nah. He he. We met, and then he started listening to the show. We got called out first. <laughs> I was, and then I was like, <laughs> "Let's take this off the virtual, man. Let's grab a coffee. So, I'll meet you wherever you want to meet." So. Uh, in a good way, man. In a I good got, way, I, I take it. I take it. In a good, in a good way. Um, that was almost a year ago now, was it? Uh, listen, man, Tom's the flat circus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it was a while ago. It was early in the year. Maybe. Early in the year. Early yeah. in the year. It's approaching the year. So, I was on the bird, aka Twitter, talking my shit like I normally do, and we were having. There was a discussion amongst local political Jersey City Twitter about progressives and what they're doing and what they're not doing and how can they be better. And, you know, I decided to throw my hat in the ring. And I talked some shit, called a few people out. 
and the good brother Ron and the good brother Ron here said hey we should talk about this and he was the only one that was just like yeah let's talk everyone else was like well you know that's not fair and that's and you know the regular regular social media argument <laughs> but Ron and I respected that because Ron was like hey if you want to talk about this we can talk let's meet and I was like oh shit alright let's do it then <laughs> we DM'd exchanged numbers he met me what like two days later yeah. next day something like that we went to go get coffee shout out to uh, Treehouse we talked for like two hours at Treehouse at Treehouse so y'all met on the bird and then y'all became two birds <laughs> <laughs> no but it was it was a great conversation and I really respected Ron for that because you know most people when you throw criticism at them they kind of like tense up or they get defensive sensitive. or sensitive but Ron was like, and I, I think I commended you to you. I commended you for that. But if not, I'll do it again. Like I really respected that, because okay. most people, when I have political debates with them, or I voice, I voice my concerns or criticisms, they get sensitive, they get defensive, and I don't know whether that's because my tone is a little aggressive or any or whatever the case may be. But I do respect you for being like, no, we can sit down and talk. We can sit down and talk. So from there, after that conversation, me and Ron has been, we've been super cool. Uh, you know, like, now that I remember, we met right after the May election. Ah. That's when it was. That's so, when it was. Uh, okay. and, and it was because there was an election about, um, it was a primary for mm-hmm. the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm the president of Progressive Democrats of Hudson County. It's mm-hmm. a local chapter for Progressive Democrats of New Jersey. We just started a year ago. And our focus is really to, like, you know, let's let's run progressives off the machine, people who are not, like, dependent on the political party bosses. So we put it out there, like, hey, you know, if you want to run for office, this is the way that you can start. And this is at the neighborhood level. It's, it's committee. So this is representatives from the Democratic Party. Three, three to five blocks where you live at. And so it started grassroots. We ran 22 candidates out of like 700 seats. So it was small. But, you know, for KJ was like, why aren't there any in our, like, in our neighborhoods? You, you know, I got to talk my shit. And then, and, and I was like, yeah, I hear you, man. Like, yeah, we have, yeah. as you can see, we got like, to make up for like 600 and something candidates mm-hmm. uh, for us to to be everywhere and to be but you know I we asked we we looked but it's it's our first first time around and and I want to know I want to learn how to how to do it how to approach it better um, how to start earlier how to you know how can we be more active in the community I even reached out to you I was like hey what organizations can we start volunteering at right so that we're here not on election time we're here right after election time we're in the community so that's that's part of the project part of the things that we're doing uh, in the organization right and that's what and whenever me and Ron talk like that's what I tell them all the time like you have to have people who are always in the community it can't just be election time to pass out your flyer or to pass out whatever propaganda you have to get me to come vote for you because we gotta vote in two weeks like it doesn't work like that and I respect your organization for doing that and for realizing this is not just a two month thing Yeah, it has, it has to be the work has to be year round 
and, and you talk about Frankie, you talk about how like me being a veteran, <laughs> uh, running for office, uh, you lose you lose a bit of the fear too when you run a few times already. Like first election I ran was for mayor in Hoboken. I got one percent of the vote. Oh, you got smoked, bro. I got smoked. <laughs> Second election it was it was two years after that. I got thirty three percent of the vote. Mm. And then uh, big turnaround. Two years. I had only been a U.S. citizen three years, bro. So I, I hit the ground running when I was when I, yeah. So I was like, you know, I I got my rights. I'm gonna exercise them. So that's why I ran for office. You know what? And I'm glad you said that. So you know, I I know your story, but for those who don't know, like you, born and raised in Ecuador. You came over here. How how old were you when you came over here? I came here when I was twelve. So half raised there, half raised here. Mm. I and came to I came to Hoboken, being there 22 years. Mm. And how is and you said you were undocumented for 11 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in those 11 years, it's you know living in fear. You know, there was back in the back in the day for me, there were like the dreamers, the movement wasn't as strong. Mm-hmm. So it was about you know staying really in the shadows, not really like talk to talk about it with other people because yeah, I had so, a fear of getting deported. I had right. a fear of your parents getting deported. Right. So, um, yeah, man. And the idea was, hey, how do I figure it out? This is my situation. How do I figure it out to go to school? How do I figure it out to get a job after? Like, So, challenges now, come up. Were you always interested in politics? Yeah, I mean, back in, back in Ecuador, the reason why we came here was because the banks were corrupt mm. and the politicians were corrupt. It sounds familiar, right? Uh, and then, you know, I got to see how, because I had to migrate with like a million other Ecuadorians mm. in the year 99, that politics can affect you in a negative way. But I also saw how, you know, it, the reason is because there's the wrong people in politics. Mm-hmm. If you just leave those spaces open for bad people to do whatever the hell they want, then people like us are the ones that, you know... We suffer from it. It exactly. is a double-edged sword in that yeah. way. It can hurt you, but that same capitalism that they, they use against us, mm-hmm. we can flip it and use it when we have numbers and organization. And that's all I feel like a political party is at the end of the day. It's order and, and desire and you know, clarity. Right, and and the thing is that we're all part of a system. So what, like I, I heard politicians at the local level talk about, you know, us and people who are just like not within their way of doing politics, as if we're working outside the system. But mm-hmm. I always say we are part of the system. Part of the system is activists. Part of the system is protesters. Part of the system are independent people who run for office. Mm-hmm. We're just trying to like use the levers that we have available for us because we don't have uh, developer money. We don't have, we're not in office at that moment. We can't just build a, a park. We have to figure out how do we move things around and change things within the system. So. No, that's, and that's, Getting people to understand that is a whole deep dive that we can get to later, maybe. But you got into politics. You are um, a vet, as Frankie put it. And in that, you know, I see I see all of the work that you do, whether it's with uh, Progressive and Jay, 
helping. Um, it's interesting. You know what? You know what's interesting to me? You being from Hoboken, but being so involved in Jersey City politics. How did that happen? You know, when for so long as like independent progressive candidates, we've been running on our own. Mm -hmm. So like when I ran, I was like, all right, like I'll go to the workshops. I'll go to the fellowships. Mm -hmm. I learn all these different skills. But at the end of the day, you can't run shit alone. You need a team. Right. Uh, I did community work before I ran. It's not the same thing right. as running for office. Um, then when we ran, so I ran for mayor, then I ran for city council. Then I got approached by the campaign manager. Uh, shout out to Ricky Rojas. He's Cuban-Colombian, by the way. Uh, he he was campaign manager for Hector Oseguera for Congress. Shout out to Hector. And he came up to me. He was like, hey, so we're trying to run a slate of candidates. Kind of like what happened for city council, but with like a slate of candidates to run together with Hector, but we need we need candidates for county government. Mm -hmm. County government is obscure as shit. It is. Like, nobody knows what the hell they do. <laughs> they have $600 million budget. We don't know where to spend it at. Uh, and so big bags. <laughs> and so and so then he was so he was like you know anybody I talk to in Hoboken they talk about you so do you want to run and I was like man I just I just finished running for city council you know so I went I did what any guy should do is I went back to my wife and I said, hey what do you think <laughs> gotta consult with the missus man yeah man and and and, and I had I had a one year old baby so I'm like like can I do this and um. And I decided, like, no, like, this is something I got to do. So I decided to run again. Got 40% of the vote mm -hmm. that time around. But that's when we noticed is, so basically for county government, the lines blur a bit. Mm -hmm. So my district is not just Hoboken. It's part of downtown and part of Jersey City Heights. Mm. Then the district next to us with Elena Little, she ran and she was part of downtown and part of, the, uh, of Jersey City Heights. Mm -hmm. And so you see that there is that connection like you know if we want to change things up we can't do it in our own silos just like hope booking does his own thing right and jersey city does his own thing we need to talk to people in carney we need to talk to people in bayonne right we got to organize across mm -hmm. and that's something that was beautiful from this past election uh a woman from bayonne young woman from bayonne she was inspired by daniel freire's campaign in war d and mm. she was like i want to run too that's dope so now people see other people coming up and we're like like hey they did it and they look like they're passionate about this i'm passionate about the same thing that's what we're pre pretty much doing it's just putting out our flag there so that other people can be like hey you can do this you, too. how yeah, do you yeah. do it and i tell people hey start from where i started from where i'm where i'm at right now when i started i started from scratch nothing i didn't i, I thought i knew shit, but until you run you don't know so you don't have to start from zero. You can start from my 40%. So That's dope, man. That's dope. So, And, you know, I often forget how close, because we're so close in proximity, I forget how close our politics are with, like, Hoboken and Bayonne because they feel like different worlds sometimes. Yeah. And, you, and like you said, even even on a county level, on, mm, words, even on a county level, state lines are blurred. But even on a city level, mm -hmm. on a local level, like one step and you're in Hoboken and it's a completely different planet. Yeah. And I often forget that when it comes to politics and policies, like if they're building all of these buildings and 
downtown Jersey City, don't you think they're doing that in Hoboken? Or they're trying to do it in Bayonne? They're trying to do it in Union City? But Hoboken had, like, uh, some advantages. Um, Jersey City was nothing industrial. Hoboken was nothing industrial. Mm -hmm. We all came from, like, it wasn't New York City. Mm -hmm. You know, and it was industrial sprinkled with some residential. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it was industrial. So then, as the industrial shipped out, what's left the people mm-hmm. so the people got the places they're taking care of the places the stores storefronts houses mm-hmm. apartments we're holding it down we suffered here died here got sick here because of here mm-hmm. struggle here and then they want to revamp everything they want to get yeah. the older people out so they can keep bringing in new money fresh money mm-hmm. and uh they count their vote as if they were here from the beginning this is true this you is know, true you know 4k uh something that came up in our conversation when we had coffee mm-hmm. you were like you know what why don't we have nice coffee sh-? we like we like nice things too why don't we have nice coffee shops in our place without mm-hmm. us getting kicked out mm-hmm. and that's important is you know it's figuring out and, and pushing for us to have nice things, have good school systems without, like, for us to have to move out. Like, yeah. for us not to be able to afford to live. Right. Like, and that's and that's always, that's always, like, even when we had our conversation, like, that's always my biggest thing. Like, I don't want to have to go all the way downtown because I want a, a um, Vietnamese sandwich or some shit. Mm. I like that type of shit. I like nice, well, I don't drink coffee, but I like nice tea and fancy donuts and shit like that. I don't want to have to go all the way downtown or go all the way to West Side to get that. That should that should be in my area. But the stigma is, or, you know, you, you live in a certain community. I'm, I'm using air quotes. And because of those stigmas and stereotypes, they just feel like, oh, no, those, those guys are violent or they're not going to appreciate anything. And we don't even get a chance to have anything nice and i just feel like if we had politicians pushing for those amenities i guess you know the nice coffee shops the nice laundry mats or whatever may have you like like you said it will push people to stay it push people to to really invest in their community but we'll get there we'll get there but this past week, we're going to get right into it. Had our uh, election day was last Tuesday. And here in Jersey City, we had a very big, very important election for mayor, city council, and all of that. So if you're new to the show, what's your problem? Secondly, uh, Lewis Spears ran for mayor against our incumbent, Stephen Fulop. Long story short, he lost. Okay? Now, I've been warning y'all for like the past three episodes. You have to prepare yourself because there's a very high chance Lewis or Mr. Spears would lose this election, which he did. And I kind of want to break this down because it is important. And that's why I brought you here, Ron, because you have very nuanced knowledge that me and Frankie aren't privy to. So, with this election... I mean, we could start from the city council seats. We could start from the mayoral seats or whatever you feel comfortable. What do, what do you, from your point of view, what do you think happened? 
you know, I think that Lewis had a good showing mm -hmm. in terms of, you know, we gotta we gotta acknowledge that nobody had the courage to run for mayor. Mm -hmm. The mayor had like one point seven million dollars in the bank before mm -hmm. the shit even started. Let's stop right there. For those who for those of you who aren't familiar with how politics work, right? So politics have a lot of money involved in it. And our incumbent mayor, like the good brother Ron just said, had one point how much? Like one point seven or something like that. One point seven million dollars just for his campaign. This was got more than that. Of course he has more well, than that's that. That's what I'm saying. So like Justin Keno, when you put money towards something you're like that's all I got. I'm putting it all in. He had he had 1.7 for just a rainy. Just in case a motherfucker wanted to try to run. Right. You know, loaded Lux when he be winning, they be like easy. Yeah. Bag him up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like that, like that. So, for anybody who who ran or decided to run against Fulop, you would have had a tough time, unless you came from money. But Spears is he does not come from money in the same fashion that. Fulop does he didn't have 1.7 laying around so even when he filed his paperwork to run for mayor he was already behind because he had to really start I think he's starting like the negative or something like that I read some report that <laughs> when he filed his paperwork Spears was already up a million dollars and he was like negative 14,000 or something like that I don't know don't quote me on that that's something I saw people be lying who knows but yeah, that's that that part alone is a steep hill to climb because you're you're going to get someone with damn near unlimited money. Fulop has donors, he has developers, his wife is loaded, he's loaded, like he just has money. So that is you can't really attack him on a money front. But what Spears did and I want to get your thoughts on this, Ron. He really pulled together the community in in a very short time. Yeah. Which I thought, which I thought was nothing short of remarkable because to know, okay, I don't have the finances to go against this guy. So what is my strength? The people, and he leaned to that all of the way. And his story too. That's like right. he brought his personal story, he brought his like roots uh, mm -hmm. on the table, and and that was smart because that's you have to use the tools that you got at your disposal, and and uh, and and that's what he went with. You got to recognize also that Matsukuras, who ran for mayor four years ago against Fulop, he had a lot more money in mm -hmm. the bank, but he didn't have what Lewis had. He the had community. Lewis had the community. Lewis had the story. Had the background. Mm -hmm. Um, and also more progressives that have been organizing on the back end. You know, you had a uh, Chris Godson, you had Frank Gilmore, you had, you know, uh, June Jones, Evan Dominici, uh, you know, a whole bunch of different politicians or people who are organizers who care for the community, who have been active in the community, mm -hmm. who also said, hey, we're all independents. Mm -hmm. We're not running as a slave. There's no boss. Mm -hmm. uh, but we're running together because of what we want to push for. You know, and what we want to push for is for people to be able to thrive and live here mm -hmm. in their homes in, in Jersey City. Do you think there can be a candidate 
who has the money and the community? I think it can be done. The, the, the idea is that we... I don't think that we can have the same amount of money mm-hmm. that Fulop has. Because he has a shitload of money. And also... It's and, like you wouldn't be here. Yeah. <laughs> like <I know>. it, <laughs> and, and, and the thing is also, you know, it's it's not just whether Fulop... I don't think Fulop is putting his own money. Fulop is getting contracts. Oh, contracts, like sponsors, yeah, like all types of they shit. Also, if you're if you're a candidate, you're coming in and you're donating to the campaign. Mm-hmm. You saw Bojano coming in from Ward C. Mm-hmm. He's like, all right, I'm Team Fulop now. All right, here's my here's my money. You know, so you got candidates putting in their money. You have other politicians who want to make sure that they are paying the tribute to uh, Fulop. Mm-hmm. They're putting their money in there. You have contractors who have gotten, you know, that that's just the way of doing business mm-hmm. in town, which is, you know, insane that we just openly talk about shit like that. Um, I mean, but, well, Hudson County is openly corrupt. Like, that's just what we are. Yeah, but, you know, it should, it should, the thing is, it doesn't surprise us, but it should make us more upset. It should, but we've been corrupt for so long. It's just as natural as it's breathing air. And which maybe that's why they just do it. And also because nobody's going to do anything to them. They probably got some people in the pocket, you know, some like people Usually who look the mob. out for them. <laughs> Usually eventually. the mob. <laughs> yeah. And, or politicians themselves. That too. You know, like a lot of people are appointed, you know, prosecutors are appointed. So who's going to look, who's going to go after you if you're the one that appointed them? That is such a, that, and I know it's regular for us, but I know people listening like, yo, this is really what, yes, it's, this bitch is openly corrupt. Hmm. You know how many people get arrested for bribes and get out the next day like nothing happened? Mm. Yeah, no. And like, there's people. There was a, there was a guy in Hoboken that got uh, arrested for uh, buying votes, and but he's a developer and he had money, so who cares? He's he's, he's doing okay. He's, he, he didn't do that long, you know. Look, man, if you have a certain amount of money, crime is free. Mm. You reach you you hit a certain tax bracket and you could just commit crimes. Nobody cares. I think it's a connection. It's a combination between money and connections. So it's about who's looking after you mm-hmm. and how much money you bring to the table too. So so if you got if you have a certain amount of money and your friends were like the attorney general or some shit like that, mm. you can more or less get away with it, whatever. Yeah, if, if you don't have the public pressure that knocks down people, although that kind of went out the window with Trump. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Trump, that's Trump. that's like old politics in it now. It's not really current politics. So. Well, but yeah. but but you know, I was gonna say like it's, I think that um, maybe the money's not there, but starting f- earlier, fundraising consistently, mm-hmm. like. Uh, Louis Pierce got 31% of the vote with very little money, with a fraction of the budget that Fulop had. Right. And he had the story. If we start organizing early, that's how we combat him. That's how we can have a fighting chance. If we start early, we have the time, and we have the organization to be able to pull this off, we can. I do agree with that. I do agree that with if Spears started earlier... He would have had enough time to fundraise the campaign a little more because with him starting late, then being behind on the financial aspect, he already had two strikes against him. But he did have the community. Mm. But 
we've seen often that's not enough sometimes and you have to have time to also put policies together right. and prep for like what are they going to say about me right how can i respond to these things mm -hmm. that's something you got to think about for a while now because they're gonna they're gonna find out a way to come at you do you think it was rushed uh i don't think there's a regret i think it's great that he ran mm -hmm. i think it was not that it was rushed it was that i just it, it would have been better if he ran like if he had more time okay um because then you have time if you have a set goal mm -hmm. at least you're ready to take the hits mm -hmm. and you know and maybe even build the partnerships that you need to in order to run for office but um because i'm sure that he had a, a day job i'm sure that his wife had a day job absolutely absolutely he, he has a family like you know you can't just take off and be like all right i'm just gonna run for six months like you know you have to do that besides also the reporting mm -hmm. of the finances that takes time the report like do working on a script for a video that takes time then going out in the community doing door knocking you need time for this kind of shit i think so so he had two strikes running against him i do agree like he he if he would have started earlier it would have been a very different outcome so i do want to commend lewis for running for for galvanizing the community as much as he did i think that is a testament to what the community can do if if they have the proper sort i'm looking for um i don't want to say direction because that's not what i'm trying to say support well support i could roll with that if they had the proper support if they had a candidate they believe in like Spears, like a Gilmore, like a Gadsden, like a Elvin, all of them, like June Jones. They, the community will fundraise for you. The community will come out and support because 38% of the vote is a lot of fucking votes. And to do, do that in what, 11 months? If not, was, was I think it like he did less. Thank you. I think he started later. You think he started later than 11 months? Yeah, yeah. No, like, like meaning like he started what, maybe like, in May. So that's what, nine months, no, eight it's months? it's less, yeah. It's less. So, Shit. No, he, he didn't do it. He didn't, he didn't have that much time to put the team together, to... So, let's, so, all right, so for conversation purposes, let's just say he had like eight to nine months. He could have done better. Yeah. He could have done better, and uh, but again, it's not about regret. I think the only thing that we would regret is if then Lewis just falls, like doesn't do it anymore. So right. what, what, what I, what I was, you know, what I always say is it's not the issue of like you ran and you didn't win mm -hmm. is that it's the issue comes when you've done all this work and then afterwards you don't run ever again, right. you don't show up ever again. So, and that happens with a lot of candidates because there's a man. It's a marathon, not a race. It mm -hmm. sucks losing, man. And I can tell you that from experience. Yeah. It, it gets easier, though, <laughs> so yeah, after yeah. a while. But, uh, yeah, yeah. You build that strength. You build that, uh, that, that resilience and that resistance. And then, you know, what, like, he came off debates. Like, you debated a mayor. Bro, like, he can talk to anybody now. Yeah. You know, and, and, and the same thing with the other candidates. Like, you grow out of this. Mm -hmm. You know, and many candidates, when they don't have the right support system, 
um, they just fall off. They're like, all right, I lost. That's it. I'm done. Uh, and I'm tired. And, you know, it's it's about how do I pick this up? I'm He's not next time. He's not starting from zero. He's starting from 31 percent. You know how crazy it would be for you to run for mayor lose and then you just see them at work the next day like nothing happened that's how it is it's the same with the rapper who was a platinum selling rapper and then the label dropped him and he back in the tj maxx <laughs> that so would be, could, that's what, like don't like spares if you're listening don't do that don't go back to your regular day job like nothing happened man because this is you did something but great a, but you're supposed to be a man of the people right mm-hmm. so if you weren't dedicating your life to making your surrounding better you'd be nah, the people right? nah but I, I do believe like he is a man of the people and I think he'll be right back out in the streets and, and sorry I was gonna say and, and, and I'm saying it as a, as a support system too right like, right right I'm saying it right now cause I wanna not just for Lewis but for anybody around him this is the time to show up for him mm-hmm. cause he showed up for us so uh, yeah he definitely needs that that moral support I actually did DM him after the election. I was like, yo, bro, we proud of you. Like, you did a lot. You, yes, you lost. That shit sucks. But you did a lot. And I appreciate you for it. And I actually want him to start campaigning for mayor again right now. Mm. Like, take these next four years. Build your relationships. Be in these well, communities. So all have been for nothing. Exactly. Impressive. Exactly. So, you know, you hit bad home runs your team didn't win but you never play again after that hell no no you gotta go back no but and and that's what i was thinking too is like you don't you don't gain experience just from training like you said from the baseball games mm-hmm. you gain experience after when you go out there and you play another big team mm-hmm. like you know you could a lot of people talk like you know i run for office one day but not that many people do you know, it's he went a lot of these candidates they went through it. Now they got the experience. Now they can be like, Oh man, I should have done this, this mm-hmm. and this. I should have talked to this person. Yeah, not, yeah now, now you just revise the game plan now. Because mm-hmm. now you know what you should have done. Yeah. You know what you can do. So now you have a four year head start in the next election. Exactly. So I think if I think he'll stay around and I want him to stay around. Cause, you know, once this um this motherfucker got three terms, bro. You know, that that hasn't happened in Jersey City since, like, the fucking... 40s. The fucking 40s, bro. We ain't have a three-term mayor since the fucking 40s. That's wild as shit. But... Money. Yeah, money. <laughs> fucking money, man. <laughs> fucking money, man. But, so... <clears throat> full of one. That is what it is. Uh, city council. Let's see. Uh, shout out to Gilmore. Gilmore won. He smoked Jermaine's boots. Mm. You hear me? Gilmore had like 8,000 or some some crazy shit. And Jermaine had what? 4,000 or something like that? Whatever the case is, Jermaine got smoked. It was by a lot. It was by a lot. But, uh, <laughs> and, and, and that's, you know, shout out to Frank. He... He's been doing the work. Mm-hmm. I see him out there. He's always out there. Always out there. And you were saying in the show too, like you you didn't see Jermaine, so. But we never see Jermaine though. We never see Jermaine. Jermaine is invincible. 
Yeah, he popped like, up at his concession speech and was like, you know, I must be around. No, he not. Jermaine is moving out the state. You're like, you're like Santa Claus. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but that's good. So Gilmore won F. Um, in my ward of A, the incumbent one, Denise Riley, because her opponent just didn't do enough. Um, she also started uh, two weeks before the petition came in. So. Yeah, so that was, you were never going to win. Um, we have a runoff in C. We have a, a runoff in C, yeah. Kevin Bing uh, against Bojano. Yeah, so... Um, that is coming in December. We have December seventh. December seventh. We have to vote again for the runoff because that race was close. Uh, B. Joe Brooks. Joe Brooks. He was close. He was close. Two hundred votes close. Right, but he lost. Um, Solomon and what was that E? Yeah. Solomon and E. He won. By a lot too. Yeah, he. But he's popular in his ward. He's popular in his ward. He. He got the fundraising down. He he also has built a good progressive coalition uh, at the neighborhood level. Uh, he's been involved. He's been pushing for uh, you know civilian um, uh, the civilian review board mm-hmm. uh, so that we keep accountability on the cops. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's been fighting. He, the first thing he did when he came into office, I know I know James for a while. Uh, he he was doing a survey, like knocking on doors of renters hmm. to make sure that they knew that they were rent control units, hmm. and that way people would know that they were overpaying for their rent. Hmm. And that's something that he did as a councilman. That's not something that the city does, and that puts an example of like the city should be doing this shit. You know, it's be- why is it that you know a, a one elected official that has no budget, that has very little budget, mm-hmm. has to do something like this? Um, it it shines a light to how much the city is not doing to protect tenants. I don't want to go on a housing rant, so I'm gonna chill for a little <laughs> bit. I don't want to go on a housing rant just yet. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, we would be, but um, that's a whole nother episode. That is a whole nother episode. So Solomon won. And uh, in D in the Heights, didn't the incumbent win? And in, in, on D, yeah, the incumbent won, Yusef Saleh. But shout yeah. out to Danielle. Yeah, uh, yeah I don't want to mess up her last name. <laughs> but um, shout out to Danielle because she was making a lot of noise up there. But I think um, for me, I want to hear your thoughts about it. For me, looking at this election really showed me. I think we were talking about it before we started recording, just kind of the strength of community. Mm. Like, even though a lot of the incumbents had the money, had the contractors, had the developers, had all of these big money donors, a lot of them didn't have the community support. And a lot of the independent and progressive candidates who won really leaned into that. Do you think that's something that moving forward that the incumbents will try to do now because they they see how that works yeah and it's it's a combination right so what what really worked to get to this point was also talking about how the incumbents are not real mm-hmm. right Wh- where do the their allegiance lies right their allegiance lies to the donors 
and we know based on how much money the full of campaign has how much that's that's weighing in mm -hmm. and also like how independent are they are they actually voting in terms of what helps the community or is, are they voting based on what helps their donors and their party boss so it has to be a combination because yeah they can turn around and start saying like showing up in the community mm -hmm. they could start like making donations they could start pouring money into community organizations at the local level this uh the candidates from from the full of administration but the way that you differentiate is just being real being real and focusing on the community not on the on the party boss what makes a politician real just better question what up can a politician be real yeah yeah not yeah they just don't win <laughs> most of the time it's the wrong ones that win but it's possible to win if uh you you uh you get your battle scars mm -hmm. and know what's going on mm -hmm. because you're not gonna win if you're weak or show any kind yeah you gotta get punched in your mouth once in a while yeah and then you get toughen up you know, yeah you toughen up you know Mike, uh, Mike Tyson said everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face that's probably one yeah. of the greatest things I've ever heard in my life oh yeah and and, and that's yes it, they they can win mm -hmm. because but also it depends on who how you're managing the overall campaign right mm -hmm. so if all you're doing is just being real with no actual message no actual policy like you have to talk also about what people want from you mm -hmm. right like let's not talk housing but let's talk housing right it's like right, right, it's, right. it's like what what are, what are we what are we offering as a solution it's not just i like you as a person and as a candidate it's like okay i like you because you're real because you like, I like it because of you. Mm -hmm. but also, what are you bringing to the table? What's in it for me? And it doesn't have to be, you know, oh, I'm going to make events every week in the community. Mm -hmm. It has to be actual tangible solutions. And and that's why, you know, uh, we need from, from those candidates. Being real is, hey, if you care about housing, because that's your thing, mm -hmm. talk about housing. If you care about pedestrian safety, talk about pedestrian safety. Be real about it. Connect with why why you it matters to you, mm -hmm. um, you know. So it's about com co combining your personal story with the issues you truly care about. You don't have to. You, you can know about every all the issues, but you could specialize on very specific issues so that when they think of you, they think of X, right? Because then they come to then the community comes to you because they're like, man, you know, like this this avenue is really busy and is in and. You know, my grandmother crosses the street all the time mm -hmm. and they haven't done shit for this. You know who helped me? Who can help me out with that? Ron, because Ron always talk, talks about pedestrian safety and things that we could do to improve the streets. So if you keep building that storyline of like, these are things that you care about, you talk about all the time, mm -hmm. then people come to you naturally uh, because they see you as a fighter for them and for that specific issue. So you have to give the people something to connect to. Yeah, and some, and it's not just ideas. It's ideas plus actions. Mm. I have this idea, but hey, in my with my limitations, because I'm not an elected official, mm -hmm. this is what I'm doing. I'm speaking up. I'm pushing. I'm organizing pe with people. Uh, and I'm getting some wins too, right? So that's, that's how we have to leverage that momentum that the different candidates have had up to this point. 
So do you think with this election between the mayoral, mayoral and the city council, was it a lack of ideas or a lack of action or was it like a mix of both? I, I think there was a, it was time. And also you have different, they all ran their own campaigns, mm -hmm. right? So Joe Brooks had, you know, an army of volunteers mm -hmm. he had uh the Democ uh, democratic the democratic socialists of america mm -hmm. he's a he's a member of that organization and that brought in volunteers um but i think that you know now the way that he can have more, a more competitive edge the next time is he doesn't stop the work right now he keeps going into the community mm -hmm. he keeps on talking to people about the issues that he just See, the campaign set the stage that people now know about you. People know what you care about because mm -hmm. they've been hearing from you for the past 12, 11 months. Mm -hmm. If you keep on talking about it for three years, that's how you build your strength. And you can start connecting with people and be like, all right, I, I got my 2,000 voters that I know are going to show up. Mm -hmm. That's what the machine got. The machine got decades of people that always show up. And so, because they've been doing this for a long time, they have a base that always shows up. Mm -hmm. And that's what we need on our side. We need a base that will show up. But I think when, and let me know what you think. I think the problem with that is when we lose the people, we get disinterested, we get disheartened disencouraged all of the disses mm -hmm. we just get down and some of us say man fuck this system because mm -hmm. my guy never wins mm -hmm. how do you keep those people engaged you gotta get small wins too when you get small wins with listen i'll give you an example the um i brought up in my campaign um my first campaign mm -hmm. was how I was an undocumented immigrant. Mm -hmm. And I call all the candidates out in the debate at the Hudson Reporter. Like, a lot of them were city council members, and I was like, why don't you... You could do it right now. I was saying, you can go and make Hoboken a fair... declare a fair and welcoming city. Mm -hmm. That means that the uh, police department cannot coordinate with immigration. Mm -hmm. You can do that right now. You can sign that up. And the mayor, the one that became mayor... He actually took me up on that. It was like, I'll I'll do that. I'll sign it. And his first day in office, he called me up. He's like, I, I would like you to come to the signing of this mm -hmm. ordinance, making a fair and welcoming city so that the, the, the police department from Hoboken will not be coordinated with ICE any rates. So that's something you show. You're like, hey, I didn't win, but guess what? We got this accomplished. And that is a win. And that's a win. Listen, like, if, if you, like, for example, if you are, if somebody's, if a candidate is pro-cannabis, mm -hmm. talk about it. It's okay. Like, why, like, we have to end sometimes this, um... I would like my candidate to say, yo, I smoke weed. Yeah. I will vote for them. You know, and and it, it passed, it became legalized, like, 67% of the vote here. Yeah, but now it's like, 
smoke the weed thing gets me so mad because now the state i don't know what the fuck murphy's doing but (laughs) but it's like okay you legalized it but now you throwing all of these blocks on it Mm -hmm. to where people can't like some some parts of the state can do this other parts of the state can't do this like it's fucking weird and 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 that's the thing too is um when we have this so what the vote showed is that it's a popular measure like it's telling politicians hey it's okay you don't have to panic you can be real like yeah we like weed it's okay exactly like you know and so that's that's the difference that the vote made the issue is when the politicians are overthinking shit Mm. and so uh but what i'm saying is talking about being real is if you care about something talk about it Mm. like it's easier and this is what I tell candidates all the time, too, is when you go into debate, I was like, don't worry. You know your story. You know your stuff. Okay, so this this going to lead me to a question. So with you working with so many candidates and things like that, you're, well, is it safe to call you a consultant? Yeah, but I don't charge. Okay, well, you need to start charging. After this interview, start charging. Listen, I'm going to tell y'all, if y'all hit Ron up and say, Ron, I need help, tell the listen, 4K said... You need to pay that man for consoling you first. He got too much knowledge to be giving it to you motherfuckers for free. Pay this man. What is your problem? All right. Now, in your travels as a unofficial consultant, what is the? <laughs> I'm trying not to slander anybody. What is the allegedly? Allegedly, what is the most common? Um, thing that they do that frustrates you you don't have to say any names uh, the common thing that frustrates me yeah um i think it's not starting early uh, yeah hear that no it's, names it's it's the it's get the started is the fear of saying out loud yeah i'm running for this mm. two years ahead of time because there's that what traditional consultants tell you is like you gotta keep it hush hush mm-hmm. until six months before election you surprise them and i'm like that shit don't work <laughs> maybe if you have a ton of money behind you because right. then you just dump it on and even then you, six months like that's no, not, yeah, that's that's not, not enough. enough you know what's that sport with the long jump and the stick yeah right that's like doing that when the gun go off you start off <laughs> just walk it yeah and slowly work your way up yeah yeah that, that's, that's never gonna work that's never gonna work I think it's that and it's the um, you know so, something that I, I I learned from a friend of mine that he's also in, in marketing he was like you know use what you think might be a a weakness mm-hmm. you say it you bring it out into the open you find out how you leverage that into a strength. Mm. So you, you basically pull an eight mile. Mm. Yeah, you pull an eight mile. Mm. Yeah, yeah, pretty I much. I do live in a trailer with my mom. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's what you got to do. So I'll give you an example. They could have come out with me and be like, oh, he was undocumented. He was an illegal. For, yeah, like, they would have had ice at your door. I said that already. Yeah, so, yeah. so, yeah, like I came out from the, from the beginning. I was like, I was undocumented for 11 years. And everybody's like, what? I'm like yeah like that's part of my identity that's part of me that never leaves me right. I'm, I'm a US citizen now but I'm still an immigrant your story yeah. yeah it's my story it's my identity it's Do you part still, of me you still get paranoid sometimes I, you know I used to get I still get a little nervous when I go through immigration and that that I always say that there's a little P, is it PTSD yeah 
with uh, undocumented immigrants. Mm -hmm. For so long, you live in fear that you may get uh, deported. Mm -hmm. And my dad, he would tell me, like, he would tell me this, you know, my my fear is not getting sent back to Ecuador. My fear is first they're putting you in jail. That's true. Make you wait in jail. Before they deport you. Before they send you back. Mm -hmm. And you don't know how long you're going to be there. So that that sticks with you so even when i got my green card and mm. i was like all right finally i'm gonna fly i was yeah i was nervous the whole time like i you know and i and i would tell like my wife i'm like yeah like i'm i still have that vibe mm. it's calmed down a bit more after i became a u.s citizen but it's still it's still there a little bit and that's why like i'm even though it has so immigration policy doesn't have to do with local government mm. i still bring that shit up and he still kind of does because the county is the one that manages the jail, That's and true. they the and the county government is the one that sign, like keeps on renewing the contract with ICE to jail to profiteer from jailing immigrants in our in our Hudson County uh, jail. So that's another win that we got. We got them to we we had nine hours of people calling in mm -hmm. against the ICE contract, and the county government people were pissed. And they still signed that, but they had so much pressure, and they were already not making that much money. Mm -hmm. They're like, "This is too much trouble for the little money that we're making. Yeah, it's not worth it." They're gonna they're gonna cut the the contract in the next few months. See, small wins. Small wins. Small wins. Okay, let's let's go back to the election a little bit. It's you know, outside of the runoff in December, you know, everything everything else is set in stone. Um, let's wildly speculate for about the next four years. Mm. What do you think is going to happen? Does this does Philip start as his personal vendetta against anyone who um, ran against him or anything like oh, that? Oh, he's there already. You think so? Yeah, he's there already. I think with with Philip is that he's very vindictive. He's known to be vindictive. Oh yeah. You you you. you see party bosses political party bosses they they're very entitled mm -hmm. they think like you know you should be voting for me right how dare you that's what happened to danielle like uh uh you know an, an aide stopped her in the street with her car and it was like hey so you're danielle right and she was like yeah it's like who who told you to run oh shit you know like you know, there's a system in place. You should have come to me. I'm a community leader. I give turkeys every year. <laughs> wait, wait. And what? Then, yeah. Danielle let Chris out? Yeah, then it was like... Like, who the fuck are you talking to? I, she, she, said, she said, nobody told me to run because I can run. That's my decision to do. Right, that's my right as an American. And, and also, she was saying, like... And I'm talking to a lot of community leaders. I've never seen you. Mm. And so... And, and, and she... She called it out. She called that out publicly. She's like, she's an aide to the council member. Hey, so you're not even that important. You're an aide. You, you assist. Yeah, it's, it's like he's he he, he has he's like he the right hand man. He's like he like the a little he, bit. He like the right hand man for the council member. Mm. And then he also got like uh, a seat at the planning board. The planning board makes decisions on like building and mm. shit like that. You know, so, so you feel like he got a, he has a level of power that you need to respect him. So and also he's like he's kind of his attitude was kind of like you know I'm the one that gets to put the votes together for people here. So I'm 
you have to come to me and also if you came to me i would have told you don't start from there start from lower kiss the ring wait in line wait for your turn that's the attitude that they bring to that, the table that's not nepotism what, what is that what is that fuck that is, uh autocratic bro something like yeah yeah they, they're they're like they're in charge and nobody else is they want to run our, they want to run alone they don't want anybody running against them but that's not how democracy is set up though mm. so for for them all right so we gonna have to <laughs> fucking Fulop and his team man and you know what's crazy like i've heard stories like yo Fulop is vindictive yeah. Fulop is vindictive it's well known and now that he's won and he's you know, he did the whole public thing. Oh, well, you know, we're going to make sure the next four years is great for the city. Like, nah, you about to put pressure on everyone who voted against you or voted or supported the other party. Like, I already see that happening. There's two things that they could do. Good. Actually, three things. They could start appointing people that are rivals mm-hmm. to specific seats. They got a committee for something. They got a... Hey, you seem like you were going against me this time around. I'll give you a little seat of power, a little bit of decision in the decision-making table. I'll point you somewhere. And that's how I got now influence on you. Mm. That's how I take your voice and your power away. Or, hey, there's a new position that opened up the city hall. You sound like the perfect person for that position. Why don't you come work for me? That's the second way to do it. Hmm. Third way is how do I bury you politically so that you never want to run for office again? God damn. It's a war I tell people all the time politics is so fucking dirty. So dirty. Like on a street level is different. Like you know what to expect. Like, all right, this is a life or death situation. And I could lose my life, which is bad. But losing your life politically is just damn near seems worse because it's not just them burying you they're burying your family anybody associated with you like you'll be lucky if you can go to acme and bag groceries like that's how serious it gets like oh you want to run against me you voted for this rival party you're gonna be fucking <laughs> what's that denzel quote 20 20 <laughs> pelican bay pelican bay right, right. Like, that's how dirty it is. And Fulop is definitely one of those guys. You know you know what they fear the most, though? Hmm. When they know that you don't depend on them. So, when I commend Frank, because he works in the city, with the city. Mm-hmm. And I believe him when he said that he got offered a, a race. He said, he was like, he got offered a race mid, mid-campaign, and he turned it down. Oh yeah, cause they was just that was the that was hush money. If I give you this huge salary bump, bump, shut your ass up. So the the thing that I I try to do with candidates is like don't like make your own money, cause city council is a part time job, you know supposedly. Yeah, allegedly. It, it it takes a lot it takes a lot of time, but like pain wise mm-hmm. and responsibility wise you don't have to be like nine to nine to five mm-hmm. right so you could have your own job and then be also a council member mm-hmm. so uh it's good to have that independence because then you could do what you need to do you're not you're not fearing for are they going to take it away from me 
First time I ran, I told a friend of mine that he's deep in politics that I was going to run for mayor in Hoboken. Mm-hmm. He said, man, like, don't do it. Like, Hudson County politics is crazy. Yes, it is. And I said, are they going to kill me? <laughs> they might. <laughs> but allegedly, he said, but allegedly, he, allegedly. But he said, allegedly. nah, nah, nothing like that. And I was like, well, in Ecuador, if you're an honest politician, they kill you. Oh, shit. So, you know, this is an upgrade. Don't worry about it. I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm fine. Like, I'm fine. You, you come at me on the character. I'm already looking out for my character size. Right. So right. As long as I, you're not killing me, I'm I'm fine. I'm fine. Like you know, we'll figure it out. Right. I mean, that's why this game is so dirty, man. Because I know, like, if Frank got offered that mid campaign, and now he's on a council, there's no telling what he's gonna get offered now. Mm just to shut him up just so he doesn't make because he has so much power in the community because he's able to mobilize people so quickly that I'm 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 no for damn near for a fact Fulop knows that his team knows that and if he wants to create issues for city council he can definitely do that so to like pacify him in a way yeah I would definitely see them offer him some type of cushy job and so he could just relax. And the way you prevent that too is um, the source of power, right? Mm-hmm. The source of power for Frank and for James and like for Solomon and Ward E. For anybody who ran for office on the independent side was community. Yeah, it's the people. If they betray that, that's taking their power away. So that is something that they have to be cognizant of mm-hmm. is that is where the source of of uh, strength comes from mm-hmm. where the leverage comes from mm-hmm. and that's what helps also people in the community have more trust in them you and, know? I, and I think that's where the community gets so frustrated with politicians because they often sacrifice that level of integrity for positions of power or for money like a lot of times when I have conversations with people and they tell me, man, I don't fuck with that politics shit. Mm. All of them are scammers and liars and this, that, and the third. It's because they've watched people that they once believed in mm-hmm. get elected, get a $100,000 check from somewhere, and then can't no back up, man. <laughs> can't no sniffing wrong check. right now. Nugget check. <laughs> yeah. Nugget check. Back up, can't no. Oh, why are you yelling at Kano? I know. I'm sorry. Well, listen. All right. Quick pause for the right? cause. Why? No, tell him why you yell at Kano because he's an asshole. That's listen, why. for those of you who reached out in concern, we love Kano, okay? Kano is a part of the family. We will never do anything to hurt Kano. But Kano's an asshole. He's an asshole. <laughs> okay? We're all equal in God's green earth. Yeah. And I get yelled at. So... It's only his turn. Right. But, but, but Kano's an asshole. Okay? That's all. You want to know how I know he's an asshole? Mm. When, a, when you walk your dog, or if you've ever seen anyone walking a dog, the dog takes a shit. Mm-hmm. He don't do that. On the floor. Like, they, they shit on the floor. Mm-hmm. He has to shit on an elevated surface. Right? So he'll take a shit in a bush. He'll literally lift his ass up into the bush. Or he'll shit on top of a garbage can. Or garbage, making it harder for me to have to pick it up. It's a glorified shit. It's, hey, <laughs> I did this. You're gonna see it. 
streaming down everywhere. Go get busy. Get to work. And then like the, like uh, the clouds open up and yeah. the sun shines on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but we love Kano, okay? But our profanity is is love, okay? That's how we talk to him. That's actually that's the only language he understands. Talk nice, he don't listen. Yeah, he don't listen. You gotta curse him out. You gotta, you have to curse Kano. You gotta scream and yell. Yeah, yeah. So, just wanted to tell y'all that because a lot of y'all were concerned last week. Kano was fine, okay? He's not abused. He's very well loved, but he's a fucking asshole. He might eat better than you, but he's just a fucking asshole. Now, anyway, um, what the fuck? What were we talking about? Oh, the integrity of the people. Or integrity of politicians versus um, getting that money from the people. Uh, when I have conversations with people who are uninterested in the political process, I hear that a lot. Well, you know, I voted for this guy or I voted for this woman and they got in the office and they just got a bunch of money and said, fuck us. How do we, is there opportunity to change that or, or is that more of a character thing? an opportunity to change that with changing the people that are in it so if people who are already like knee deep into the cesspool mm-hmm. we're not going to change them we got to change the way that they get to the power that's what i'm saying like if we do politics the same way that they've been doing politics which is all right i'm gonna get my donors their contractors their developers mm-hmm. uh their party bosses then I don't need the people. That's what they would think. Right. But if you win because Love you were taught, because of the people, because of the community, because of things that you were pushing for mm-hmm. that are popular, you know, then, like, why did you get to power? You got to power because of how you ran, you know, with what arguments and what ideas and what your background was on. Right. And then if you get there and you don't do it, guess what? They're not gonna show up for you. So they don't owe you. They don't. They don't owe you anything. That's a fact. That's, That's a how fact. we build that protection and that how we build that um, that connection with the community and that trust that has been lost for so many years and why the turnout sucks in Hudson County. I mean, well, that's that was another big thing after the election. Like people was like, "Well, why is the turnout so low? Why is the turnout so low?" And it's because of the reason that you just said, like we are often, these people are often put in front of us and they sell us a dream. Well, when I get in office, I'm gonna do this and it's gonna be better and I'm gonna have money for this and I'm gonna make this better. And they get in office and do jack shit. Hmm. They doodle and play solitaire. Right. Or they get money from contractors and then disappear for six months at a time. They didn't put it in their stocks. Or they retire, they become lobbyists. Or that too. Mm. So it's like, it, and it's, I know it's even difficult for me, and I can imagine it might be difficult for you as well to try to tell people the importance of voting or why you should vote or, or something like that. It's, it's, it's a hard process. I'm sorry, Kano is distracting me because he's because he's just spinning in circles and he this can't. He's, he he's trying to get comfortable, man. This is what he do. Got a guest in the house. He don't know. He don't know what that this is. We're actually recording. People are listening to you, Kano. Interrupt the conversation. Let's talk a little bit about the entitlement of politicians, too. Let's do it. 
so you mentioned something like so right which is people need to turn out and vote mm-hmm. but what politicians are so entitled that they come and they start blaming the voters it's like how, it's so easy to vote why don't you come out and vote it's not the it's, the issue is not the voters the issue is the politicians that are asking for the vote mm-hmm People don't believe in you. People don't feel like what you're going to do is going to make a difference. You know, like I said, I, I've, I've done this before. I've mm-hmm. lost before. Mm-hmm. I never blame the voters. Sometimes you have to figure out, you know what? Maybe I should have done X, Y, and C in order yeah, to get more people to come out. You. That's called accountability. Accountability. And, and, it, and it's also like, you know, you have to look from within. You can't be just blaming the voter. The voter is doing like it's as if you are if you have a business and you're like man nobody buys from me, damn it must be something wrong with that. No, you gotta figure it out as in whatever job and whatever thing you do, you have to figure out how you get more people to come and join you. Right, and that's the responsibility of the politician and the movement, not the not the responsibility of the voter. Is, does that entitlement come from them being in positions of power for so long and they just feel like you just need to give it to me? I feel like also they've politicians have been elevated into something holy and higher when they're actually servants. They're, they're the people who are supposed to be serving the community. But for so long they've been looked at as if, oh, like the honorable... X, Y, and C. Who, who, who pushed them to that point? Did we do that? Did society think, do that? I think society. Well, when you see the city hall, what does it look like to you? It looks like a fortress, like a okay. castle. Yeah. Don't come in. In Hoboken, it's the city council meetings are done in a, in the courtroom. Mm-hmm. Like, you know how hard it is for an immigrant to go into a courtroom? Yeah, you sh- I'm shook. I don't want to be in this goddamn courtroom. Exactly. I could call ICE at any minute. What so the fuck? it's made, I think by design, is made to keep people out and the right people in. The, the, the right people for them to be attending. Hmm. Shit, man. Shit, man. And you know what? Now that you said that, and now that I'm thinking about City Hall here, like, it really, like... Every single time I had to walk in the city hall, I'm like, yo, what the fuck is this? This is a castle. The hallways are just wow long. You look like you need to have at least a, a thousand, a hundred thousand dollars in your bank account just to walk in. It's just, it doesn't look like you belong in there. And like you said, it, it is designed that way to make you feel inferior, mm. to make you feel like this isn't for you. Mm. That's. That all, almost makes me lean into like it's a, almost like a classism type of thing. Where it's like if you're not a, a part of this class, you don't need to be voting or you don't need to be involved in politics. And I think politicians, now that you said that, politicians have, because we're, so, because as a society we're so obsessed with like celebrity culture. Mm we've transformed our politicians into celebrities because they like you just brought up trump earlier he is a celebrity who ran for who ran for president and won and that just that that was already happening but him winning just kind of propelled it to where now all of these politicians feel like they're bigger than life or they feel like <laughs> like fuller walks around like he's 
like the governor of a small island or something. Like, bro, you are the mayor of Jersey City. That's not that important in the grand scheme of things. Like, honestly, it, your position doesn't really matter. You're not the head of the NSA or some shit or the fucking you don't work at the Pentagon. You are a mayor of a city. But that right he's running he's running around like he fucking uh i don't know some type of king or something there was a lot of prime real estate he was sitting on no absolutely he absolutely comes with that comes from that cloth and i think that entire entitlement i think a lot of wealthy people who are already entitled and I'm just like, man, I just spent all of this money on yachts and boats and stocks. Let me just run for office in my free time. And they bring that entitlement into politics. And here we are. So it's going to be interesting to see over the next four years, like. How do we not even we, but how does he as the incumbent third term president um, mayor handle all of that? Does he get worse than what he's doing? Because now he knows to a degree, like, y'all can't really do nothing. Like, no matter, y'all can bitch and moan and scream about housing, about, you know, gun violence. I don't have to do anything. I could actually sit on my hands and prepare to run for governor for the next four years if I want to. I feel like that was his attitude the past four years. I mean, he had a he had a, set, a seven to two advantage in the council like mm-hmm. seven votes in favor all the time mm-hmm. there, was a, there was a running joke on twitter and saying like oh here comes another ordinance it's another seven to two vote right because he got that vote unlocked because they all depend on him mm-hmm. so i think it's maybe he's gonna try to double down but i think it's it's more about the progressives being active mm-hmm. in not just opposition in pro- proposing things mm-hmm. and pushing for things and making diff- making changes make- having those small wins mm-hmm. now like what what kind of wins can I have right now with what I have at hand and maybe not th- and maybe things that don't depend on the mayor well then let me ask you that then what what small wins with the okay let's just play let's just say the runoff goes in the community's favor and Bing wins right so you got Bing, Gilmore, Solomon. That's what? That's it. That's six to three. Six to three. So he still has a majority, but it's a lot harder you than it was what? before. You, you know what was interesting during the election? Hmm. Joe Brooks was pushing so many progressive policies that Mira, the incumbent, mm-hmm. She started doing very similar things. Yeah, because that shit was working. She felt threatened. Mm. She had to become more progressive. I feel like that threat of like, man, I could lose my seat Mm -hmm. if I don't start adopting and starting working a little bit with the other side. So do you think... That might tilt things up. Do you think the incumbents were threatened enough to kind of be pushed in a more progressive direction? think maybe some of them will you know what there was an interesting vote um against the the line the line is like how right now if you're running on a primary Mm -hmm. 
the establishment, the party bosses, they all line their candidates in one line together with the president, with the governor. And that way everybody's like, yeah, I voted Democrat. I voted the same line. Mm. And then you don't realize that in a ballot of in a primary, everybody's a Democrat. Right. And so that gives every candidate that runs with the machine for those type of elections mm-hmm. um, a 30% advantage. Right. Because people just like, voting yeah people just vote blindly sometimes yeah and so there was a vote for city council on condemning the system that benefits incumbents and party bosses Mm -hmm. because they felt the pressure all of the council members that were on Phillips team they abstained and Mm. only the two progressives solomon and rolando lavaro voted in favor and the ordinance passed the the thing passed mm. because they felt the pressure because they because they see that thing that they, they they didn't want to piss off Fulham, but they also didn't want to piss off the community so there are opportunities there i want to see also we're going to see it based on the skills that the council members that are going to be elected on the, on the independent side are going to bring to the table they may have some things that i don't see because i'm not in that purview of city council and the things that they're going to discuss and push forward mm. i think it's going to be interesting to see potentially three out of the nine working together to see what they can push on and what leverage they have from within so there's an opportunity to have those small wins yeah if they work together yeah i mean solomon got he was showing up when they if they built the park yeah he was there he was there he could take it up on like, so that's the thing is like full cannot say i'm not gonna do anything word f yes to do something and guess who's gonna show up when he does something gilmore Frank gilmore when he does it in award c and there's a lot of things that are gonna happen in award c in terms of like improvements mm-hmm. or and then many more that should be coming in because he still has to do some things hmm those are benefits those are smaller wins that they can maximize and as long as they keep talking to the community the community sees what they're doing it's going to benefit the movement it's going to show those wins and, and get more people excited about getting more progressives in, the, in there okay so I wanted to ask because you said it again so I saw something online on a bird because that's why I spend a lot of my time um, someone asked what's a progressive hmm Shout out to Hector. Hector retweeted it. And um, I saw it from his thing. And I had some thoughts about it. But I wanted to hear from you first. Like, what what is a progressive? Because for people who are just become maybe introduced to the real political spectrum, you know, we have a lot of different labels. Oh, he's a progressive. She's a liberal. That guy's a socialist. Oh, this guy's a neo-marxist or some shit like what is a progressive so there's no sad definition mm-hmm. and what you just mentioned those are labels right right and labels like we all have different lenses mm-hmm. when it comes to things mm-hmm. so for me if i see socialist might not have a negative connotation mm-hmm. but for other people it may mm-hmm. progressive has uh different views for different people on my end of the of, of the progressive circle is starts with where the money comes from mm-hmm. when you run for office. So if you don't take money, corporate money, 
if you don't take uh, money from uh, political party bosses, if you don't take money from corporate developers, mm-hmm. real estate developers, you are partially progressive. That's that's the first step. Mm-hmm. The next step is, are you doing policies that are benefiting people of all incomes, ages, and abilities? Mm-hmm. If you're not, if you're only looking out for people who make more money, you're not thinking. See, I think it comes down to one phrase. Let me summarize it this way. I think solidarity mm-hmm. is not charity. I think that when we all look out for one another, we all grow. It's a bar. I like that. I like that. Solidarity is not charity. Sometimes we think because we're like, oh, I'm going to do this nice thing for this other person, even though it doesn't impact me directly. Mm-hmm. But nah, it's, it's, it's not about you doing it because you're kind. Mm-hmm. It's because you know that when you are housing somebody who's houseless, mm-hmm. you're actually improving not just that person's lifestyle, but the neighborhood. Right. So if, if you're thinking, hey, you know, funny thing, people in Hoboken, I've heard people in Hoboken moving out of Hoboken into Jersey City because mm-hmm. Hoboken is not diverse enough. They're looking for diversity. Even people who have higher income, mm-hmm. they don't want to be in a place that's not diverse. I thought Hoboken is... It's not as diverse as it used to be. Really? Okay, because I remember a period where, where Hoboken was just super white. Uh, super white and rich. It's white as hell right now, but Indian too. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, there's more Asian. Uh, there's some Asian. Right, yeah. right. But it's, those are all people who are from here. But, but even with that, though, like, I guess the diversity, and let me know if I'm wrong, the diversity in Hoboken is more like a class thing. Whereas, like, you might have people from different races, but they all got money. I think when I think when people and that's another perception too. Like, listen, I four years ago I went into a meeting, well-intentioned meeting. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, you know, we gotta protect immigrants. How do we help? And somebody and I was there just in the back. I wasn't even running for office yet. Mm-hmm. And they were saying like, oh well, you know, if we're looking to help undocumented immigrants, uh, like no undocumented immigrants live in Hoboken, right? So we should be looking outside and. Maybe they work in Hoboken. I had to raise my hand. I was like, well, I wasn't documented for 11 years. You wouldn't have known because I'm not going to tell you. Mm. So there's a lot that happens in the back end that we don't know. Mm-hmm. It's people that think that only rich people live in Hoboken. Listen, like, I've, listen that's, my, that's always been my perception of Hoboken. Yeah. Like just geographically, I've always come to real, I've always come to know like, Jersey City is mixed. Bayonne is white. Hoboken mm-hmm. is white. Mm-hmm. That's how I was raised. See, but you 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 say you say the same thing. It's like there's not like there's less diversity in Hoboken, mm-hmm. which is that what I was mentioning earlier. Is like there was white people in Hoboken that were saying that I know that were telling me like yeah we're gonna move into Jersey City because we want more diversity. And what I'm saying is that's a competitive advantage. That's something that we we need, and that's what it goes back to the point. Solidarity is not charity. There is growth in that solidarity. Mm-hmm. If you're looking out for one another, guess what? If there's more diversity in income and in people, mm-hmm. then you're more competitive. If you want to invest like money, mm-hmm. you whether they always say like you got to diversify so that you know. 
something doesn't work, at mm-hmm. least we got other things. Mm-hmm. So it's it's about that. Is how do we make it? So we think about housing. We think about safety in the streets. You know, something I heard I heard from your podcast was the bikes, right? I fucked them bikes. See, there you go. That's what I'm saying. So what I'm saying is, and let me. I'm not to cut you off, but yeah, let me ahead. let me expound on that point because someone else said to me like, "Why are you always so hard on the bike lanes?" <laughs> Listen, man. I'm from Ward A, okay? Colloquially known as the hood. We don't give a fuck about bike lanes. You're just trying to find parking. Thank you. That's it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, bike lanes are not top priority. Yes, biking has become more popular in the community, but on our list of things that we need and improvements, bike lane is like 50th on the list. Yeah, we never had one before. I, I, when we have bike, we take it in the house, hang it up on the wall, put it in the hallway. You know right, or tie it to the gate. Like we don't give it. a fuck about bike lanes. I, I, and that's what I wanted to bring back is, you know what the biggest issue is? Hmm. When people who are pushing for bike lanes don't push for housing. Thank you. And this is why I get pissed off with all of the biking people who be like, "We need more bike lanes and pedestrian safety." Like, fam, no, people. Are, we need more houses and places to live and shit. That's what I'm saying. Like you, you're, and for me, and I, like you said, everybody has their own, you know, thing that they mm-hmm. attach themselves to. Mm-hmm. I'm not mad at the bike lane people, but my stance is always fuck bike lanes because because you're thinking about the media. It's yeah. Like, Bro, why am I thinking about bike lanes yeah. when I'm thinking about whether or not I'm gonna afford to live here? Yeah, whether in or the not. I, years. Yeah, whether or not I can afford the rent or making sure my my daughter's school has enough resources so they don't get shut down or she's not cold in class or she can drink out of the water fountain. Like my priorities is different. So yes, fuck your bike lane. And and that's when I meant with also solidarity. Mm-hmm. Because I'm also thinking with pedestrian safety, like. I was I was doing the Big Brother program in uh, and with in Jersey City, and you know the the boy that I was doing the mentoring for, he was like I I found out that his schoolmate mm-hmm. had been run over and killed on Kennedy Boulevard. Mm-hmm. Kennedy Boulevard was one of the most dangerous streets. S- still is. Still is. Is that is that street? It's, yeah. They just be and, wilding and, on the boulevard. And so, and there are ways to fix it, mm-hmm. but politicians don't want to want to want to do it. And so, and so, there are some things that are life and death. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that we can't talk also about housing. Doesn't mean that we also can't talk about other things that yeah, because it's everybody's it's, life. We all deserve nice things, like right. what we said earlier. Right. And I just feel like yes, it's all connected, but we need to start with the most immediate shit yeah. first. The bike lane is not immediate. Yeah. I don't care if you just came over here and you was with Lance Armstrong or some shit. I don't care about none of that. Shout out to uh, Daquan. I mean, well, yeah, I'm Daquan. You know I love you, bro. <laughs> but like, and 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 Daquan is a biker. He's a cycler. Yeah. Like he does that. Yeah. And I support it fully. But even he knows, like I don't. I like it's yes. Not it's not a priority. Like yeah, yes, yeah, I want to yeah, be safe yeah, when I'm riding my bike. Like, yeah, yes, I want to be safe while I'm riding my bike, but it's not like I'm not standing up and be like, all these other issues don't matter. We need to worry about the bike. Like, what the fuck is you talking about? That That's what I'm talking about. It's that 
I think that's it, man. In the meantime, in between time, follow the show on everything. Instagram for the stress underscore podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash 4KJ. You can follow Frankie on IG at Frankie Mellows. You can follow A Celestial Goddess on IG for holistic healing. You can follow at Ivy's Tico on IG for your herbal news. You can follow at Embrace National on IG for your hair care news. You can follow the dojo on IG at the dojo JC for your recording needs. Make sure y'all like, rate, review, subscribe. Tell a friend to tell a motherfucking friend. Hmm. Can't think of a good one. Humanity for the stress. Y'all be safe. All right, man. Turn the shit off. <laughs>